0: Welcome back to a new season of the Financial Literacy Club at the University of Alberta's official podcast for the 2021-22 school year. We're going to be touching a wide variety of topics this year, starting off with episode one, an intro to Financial Literacy 101. My name is Simon Foster. I am an econ major and, wow, this is actually kind of hard, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. My name is Simon Foster, I am an Econ major at the University of Alberta. It is my fourth year and I am so excited to be able to give you guys uh, this information through the Financial Literacy Club. My co-host McGuire.
1: Hi, I'm McGuire, I'm a fourth year finance major, uh, business economics minor with a focus in real estate, uh, also my fourth year. Um, I'm also a credit assistant at uh, TD, and I am thrilled to uh, also be on the marketing team. Simon and I are on the UVA Financial Literacy Club's marketing team, and we're going to be bringing you the podcast throughout the year. So, um, stay tuned to the podcast and follow us on our socials. We'll best place to see events for what we're doing, and just stay informed and learn some more.
0: Follow us on our socials on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Keep in touch with us. We're going to be having a designated Discord chat, actually, for all of you guys to be able to communicate with us, give us ideas, let us know what you think about our topics, what you think about our posts, the podcasts, all that stuff. We just want to create a space for you guys to be able to communicate back and forth about financial literacy and just grow as a community. Joining us today for the Financial Literacy 101 podcast is Brian Wong from RBC. So thank fun, you buddy.
1: so much for coming here brian and taking time to sit down with us
2: absolutely guys so happy to be here thank you for having me um as mentioned my name is brian long i'm one of the digital banking advisors on campus and located in hub mall here uh i've been with rbc for a little over seven years now uh, i've actually originally started my career here as a starting as a client advisor uh, or as a teller uh, working my way up and then uh and recently transitioned from an advisor at the Old Strathcona team over to here at the University of Alberta. So glad to be here. Uh, obviously, it's so great to work with an organization that's so focused on developing financial literacy, and we're happy to do our part in that as well.
0: Awesome. What was it, if you don't mind me asking, that actually got you interested in spreading financial literacy?
2: Well, you know... Uh, as, as a advisor, I worked at uh, the Old corner branch for about two years, and a lot of our demographic was around uh, students as well. For the longest time, that was the nearest location for the University of Alberta, um, for RBC, um, and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of my favorite interactions that I've had with clients were helping build that knowledge around financial literacy, um, you know, When it comes to the Canadian education system, and then also, you know, for anyone who's coming as an international student as well, there's a big disconnect over a lot of uh, financial principles that people don't know about or haven't had the chance to talk about, and a lot of times they're actually, you know, too, too afraid to talk about. Uh, there's a little big stigma around you know once it feels like once you hit a certain age, there's an expectation that you just know these things. and the yeah. reality is that you know no one really no one really takes the time to go through a lot of this stuff with people. So I loved building those connections and making sure that people were set up for success going forward. so um, you know that really drove me to transition over to this team full time and you know shift my focus away from you know what I can provide, uh, what RBC can provide and more, Um, giving general advice on what, uh, you know, students really need um, to make sure that they're going to be in a good position going forward.
1: That's awesome. Um, Similar boat enough for me, except I was completely clueless for financial literacy tough or stuff. Terrible with my money, terrible with all that. Um, wasn't until I started taking some finance classes at the UVA and got a job at TD that I really started having better saving habits uh, less spending, smarter spending, and properly budgeting. And um, I know how easy it is to not learn any of that stuff. And um, I realize not everyone's going to have the same background as me. So I want to help people avoid the mistakes I did. Well, I also know uh, how you think when you're in that situation. And um, so I believe that I can uh, help steer people away and avoid some of the same mistakes I once made.
0: I had a a question about what you said. You said some of your favorite interactions when you were a teller at the Old Strath branch was built around spreading knowledge and just interacting with people who needed help. You said that uh, you started your journey in in financial literacy at that time. What was it that like really allowed you to be able to spread that knowledge to people that were also beginning their journey in financial literacy?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of of the conversations we'd have there, I mean, um, the important part whenever you're building any kind of business relationship is establishing, you know, a connection there. And I felt that, a lot of the things that people needed and what people valued was good advice. And, you know, I thought about the stuff that I hadn't learned, you know, in school, the stuff that I had to learn on my own or, you know, from friends or from family. Um, And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have those support networks, but I know a lot of people don't, they don't have that benefit. So, um, you know, that really uh, made me, highlight those those points of financial literacy towards my clients um so that was really really the first i suppose introduction to making sure that i put that like in the forefront of my interactions but um you know beyond that just recently you know the bank has uh really rbc i suppose (laughs) has really changed their focus away from uh you know just doing the in-branch stuff to making sure that we're branching out and having interactions um in more meaningful ways, providing that extra benefit above and beyond. So going out into, you know, the university campus, like we are here, we have, you know, a few different on-campus strategies here in Alberta. We have one that's in University of Calgary, University of Lethbridge, uh, just opened one in University of Red Deer as well. And we have a location in McEwen too here. Uh, And, you know, they're really starting to emphasize the importance of forming these um, these meaningful connections. And I think that's great to see. I mean, uh, especially when you have an organization that's, you know, as large as any of the big five banks, like when they make it a priority to make sure that people are getting, uh, you know, good financial advice, I think that's that's an important thing to take note of because um, I think that's a step in the right direction when we're talking about, you know, social responsibility and that kind of stuff. But yeah.
0: Awesome.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great step to be taking and honestly a huge benefit for society uh, if everyone's more well-informed with stuff. Um, Since this is our intro episode, um, for some of our viewers who might not really know what financial literacy is, how would you explain it to people? Like what exactly is financial literacy? Uh,
2: I mean, to me, financial literacy, I mean, uh, just means – building that understanding around finances what is that building understanding around concepts as basic as like, you know, structuring a budget to like making savings plans to things that get more complex, like different, uh, levels of like government programs, you can utilize, you know, talking about things like tax free savings accounts, um, how to utilize credit, uh, you know, how to make sure that you're positioning yourself to have good credit going forward. Cause you know, as a lot of people will know going forward, uh, Credits going to be something that you have to build for a long period, longer period of time. So the
1: sooner you can get started,
2: the better. Stuff like that. Building those knowledge around you know finance in general. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh spoiler alert, we're gonna be diving into a lot more depth in some of these topics later on through the semester. So make sure to stay tuned. But uh no, that's awesome. Thanks for that. Uh perfect description, Brian.
0: Yeah. Appreciate it. I mean it seems to me that a lot of people still don't really put as much focus as they should into their financial literacy. So why is it important? And what should we do to make the society like care more about their financial literacy? Because like, honestly, on the base level, we're all better off, right? It's a very simple way to think about it. But at the same time, it's not really reflected in the general population. So why is it important and what can we do to help society care more?
1: And why should we as a student care more about it in general? Because uh, a lot of students might not, might be on the back burner. So why should we care?
2: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think for one thing, there's kind of a, especially with students. I remember, uh, you know, when I was a student, at least like, it's kind of like a fatalistic approach to it. Kind of like, you know, I have student debt i don't really like want to think about my finances that's something i'll con- like concern myself with later down the road um and i think that a, a big part of that comes from you know at least uh you know from a canadian education standpoint you know there's not a lot of emphasis on um the importance uh, of building good financial habits um uh, but you know i think the importance there is that a lot of, a lot of these important, like these fine, like financial, like uh, what's the word for these financial subjects, you know, they require an earlier start uh, to provide a a bigger benefit down the road. You know Um, when you talk about making like a savings plan, starting five years earlier can be, you know, such a huge difference when you're looking at like your retirement savings, same with, you know, building your credit history. Um, starting that little bit earlier,'ll we'll make sure that you have so many more options when you're looking at finishing up school. And you know with another big challenge that people have, especially in post-secondary is that they have you know very split focuses. obviously, first and foremost, the thing on the front of mind is making sure you're getting through your education, you know successfully. and it can be difficult to uh, make other priorities when you have such a such a big burden on top of yourself already. So, um, I think making sure that you set aside just a little bit of time um, to make sure you're getting an understanding around finances and building up those those good habits um, will make such a world of difference because you're going to jump from going into school right into a lot of the time, very hectic careers as well. So making sure you start to build those fundamentals now while your finances are maybe a little bit more simple um, will be, set you up for success um, going down the line as well.
0: Sure, as to not like get overwhelmed by it all, absolutely, because
1: uh, I can attest to that. Um, during uh, the school year, I thought, okay, once school's done, you know, I'll just be working, I'll have time to focus more on some of the stuff. Then you're working, um, at the time I was working like 50 55 hours a week, I'm like, I didn't have time then. Now, my thought is again, okay, school's starting again, stuff will slow down, but it, it won't. So, you Getting on top of it now when finances are simpler, when you're likely not paying a mortgage or worrying about that, uh, and just less revenue coming in, less expenses generally. It, it, it'd be good to start learning that stuff now. I completely agree.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I feel like a, a common misconception amongst people of my age group, students, and people just starting out in general, to feel like I don't have enough money to start investing or i don't have enough money to really focus on my finances in such a way but i feel like that's kind of misconstrued so how should someone start off their journey in in financial literacy
2: i mean to me i think the the biggest starting point for anyone is going to be uh reviewing your own finances understanding what you're doing and i think the best way to do that's going through you know a budget with yourself i mean i definitely i definitely understand you know the feeling of You know, I'm already living, you know, bit by bit here. I don't really have a lot of things to, you know, set aside or money to spare, those kind of things.
0: Savings Um, and so on. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. But, you know, even, even if you're not setting aside those savings for yourself, understanding how finance flows, um, you know, looking through all of your expenditures, making a habit of keeping track of where your money's going, even if you're not able to set aside savings, um, will help you understand your finances that much better and right. be you'll build a habit of being more candid with yourself because that's another big pe- thing people struggle with right is being honest with themselves. how much am i spending where? yeah um, that'll be a good way to help you know keep yourself uh, in strong habit of keeping track of your finances accurately and then uh, you know hopefully down the line that'll help you find spots where you can save but more importantly it'll build that habit of making sure you're always keeping track of your finances. And that'll make sure when you start earning that income, when you start, you know, having a little bit more financial freedom, you'll already have those habits in place. Um, So you'll already know how to keep track of all your income and you'll know how to, uh, you know, set yourself up for future things as well.
0: Wow. That's, that's, I've never really thought about it like that before. So it's not so much about just advancing your finances, but more just about creating the healthy habits to be able to make it's so much easier for you when you actually have the opportunity to do so
2: absolutely and i mean obviously you always want to try and make sure you can find a spot to save but the reality is sometimes there isn't and you know at the very least i think building those habits is the most important part
0: for sure i just wanted Uh, to oh sorry mcguire go ahead no
1: no, just uh, touching upon this um funny enough little story i was um before this podcast i was asking my manager uh Shout out to you, Dallas. Uh, if he had like uh, any advice for people like this, and he literally said the same thing when um, him and his boyfriend first moved, uh, or they lived in Edmonton, met here, then they moved to Vancouver briefly. They're both earning decent income, but Vancouver is very expensive, so they felt kind of poor. So uh, he printed off their joint account and uh, had like a bunch of different highlighters, pulling like you know, okay, here's what we're spending on this, here's we're spending on this, and. Um, uh, it's funny. He's like, why are there a bunch of cash withdrawals? Uh, so he asked his boyfriend, his boyfriend's like, Oh, um, that's just cash or stuff. He's like, okay, well give me your receipts for are spending on so I can properly track this so we can, you know, better plan out what we can skip a little less on or what should be more of a treat, blah, 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 just so we can actually start saving some here. And, uh, sure enough, uh, he beat a bunch of bad spending habits of his boyfriend. And, um, yeah, he gave the same advice to people just, if money's a little tight, literally categorize everything you're spending your money on, what's fixed and what you can't, you know, cut on and um, what's more, you know, leisurely and uh, what, just so you have a better idea of where your money's going just because otherwise it can just feel like after you get paycheck a weekend, it's like, where'd all my money go? Because stuff can add up fast. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I feel like, similarly like kind of down the same road it's a very common thing for people like when you get a bigger paycheck your expenses also go up even if you live the same house you have the same car whatever somehow your expenses always manage to go up just subconsciously what what do you know about that just just wondering is that like i don't know just you as as working in rbc what's your experience with that
2: i I mean me personally yeah i definitely felt that like the more I've earned, the more I just kind of subconsciously started, you know, going out more, treating myself more, or, you know, I start to get the slightly better thing rather than what I was going with before, and I think, uh, you know, a big part of that goes back to what I was saying before, and being, you know, candid with yourself, being honest with yourself about when you're spending where, because um, it's very true, it's it's very subconscious, like, you don't notice what, when you start spending more, but the reality is that when you have that spare income that starts to free up, you you just kind of go and spend it because it's there. Um, and I think a, a good counteraction to that is, you know, plays into what I said earlier about making sure you build that budget, understand where your finances are going, because then you'll recognize as you increase that amount, you can start to allocate it preemptively into, you know, things like a savings account, like things like a savings plan, you um, making sure that all that money stays accounted for so it doesn't just kind of creep up in terms of your expenses um but uh yeah i'd say that's probably the best approach to making sure you're staying on top of those those situations but i definitely feel like that's something everyone experiences um it's nothing to be you know uh embarrassed about or something like that i think it's a very natural thing for people to do but i think making sure you're being honest with yourself and realizing that it's never too late to go and reevaluate what you're spending don't be afraid to have to go and you know overhaul what you're spending where. Look back in the past, and that's one thing you can do is if you keep budgets, you know, historically from when you're a student, then you'll know. Oh, this is how I was spending before. You know what's changed, um, and then maybe that'll be help you identify places that maybe you've gone a little overboard on items of luxury or whatnot. So, yeah,
0: awesome. Uh, just. Kind of touching off the same point. What kind of common mistakes do people make subconsciously, or common misconceptions that people make uh, in the financial sense that you've been aware of? And how can people correct these mistakes? More importantly,
2: for sure. I think um, I think uh, I think the biggest mistake, honestly, is just uh, that stigma around financial knowledge. A lot of people. You know, especially if they look to like I've dealt with people who graduated or people who are in post-secondary or in like graduate programs or whatever, uh, who, you know, they feel like I'm at this life stage, you know, I'm living by myself, my finances are all independent, I should know these things. And because they put that pressure on themselves that that I should know these things already, they, you know, don't seek help, they don't seek advice on what they should be doing. and it's. yeah, it's great when you have like a support network already, like family or something like that. But, um, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And so, you know, talking with someone who is familiar with something like that, even if it's a friend, even if it's, um, you know, someone like myself, um, there's no there's no embarrassment in going over and not knowing something. Because, honestly, we deal with it all the time. A lot of people have no idea what's going on with finances, and it's never too late to go and start reevaluating that and seeking that advice
0: honestly the older that i get i i feel like that is applicable to most things nobody really knows what's going on we're all just kind of going through it trying to figure it out for ourselves you know
2: yeah absolutely
1: touching on it's a never too late point i think a great quote sums it up is the best time to plant the tree was 20 years ago second best time is today like, uh, sure, it would have been better if, had you known some stuff before, but it's never too late to reach out. It's never too late to start saving or investing. Yeah, you might regret not doing it a little bit earlier, but that doesn't mean you. that should not be your excuse not to start now.
0: Definitely. For sure. If you say it like that, like, yeah, oh, I wish that I invested in Amazon before COVID. I wish but, I in mean,
1: Tesla before COVID.
0: Exactly, all of that stuff. But then, like twenty years from now, you'll be saying, "Oh, I wish I invested in X, Y, Z today."
1: I even you know? like even just saying, "Oh, I, I should have invested in, um, uh, like a uh, market tracking um, ETF that generates around traditionally seven to eight percent a year. That compounding interest adds up a lot over time."
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think you know that's that's a habit that we want to encourage and that I think that people need to start to to get into because I feel like, you know, like you mentioned, you know, it's always nice to think about, well, if I could have done this now, but I mean, no reason to not start today. Right.
1: Speaking about just people reaching out um, for help with their finances, when well, my friends uh, did that, uh, their partner uh, helped them. My friend was spending 300 a month on random app subscriptions. Um, They have a successful business uh so uh a pretty successful business so like um they just at the time they're also living with their parents so uh they just they're earning a lot of income more than like they'd ever seen before and then um weren't noticing that oh um this one app 10 bucks a month to use it sure why not and then all of a sudden that added up and then my their partner looked over their finances because they said, Hey, can you help me look this? Some of these bills are high. They're like, okay, what's this recurring expense? What's this other one? Why is $10 a month going to this random company I've never heard of? And then um, they eventually canceled all of their subscriptions. But uh, yeah, so that's another thing is that look over some of your recent history and see if you have any um, reoccurring payments that you might not use anymore likely you won't have 300 a month because that's pretty excessive but uh yeah.
2: <laughs> I think i think that touches on a pretty good pitfall though that a lot of people have which is you know when you start having um, your finances doing well it doesn't mean that you you know have everything perfect and i think you know like i mentioned earlier you know having those good fundamentals and getting in that habit of tracking your finances make sure that when you are seeing success when you are, uh, you know, starting to generate that income that you want and making sure that you're, um, you know, able to cover all the expenses that you have, um, you're still not overspending where you could be possibly saving more and making yourself, uh, you know, set up even better for the future, you know, retire that little bit earlier or, you know, get that house a little bit sooner, those kind of things.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, even if you retire at the same time, just have a little bit extra for retirement. That could be uh extra big family vacation that you take, uh, you know, your kids and grandkids on one day. You know, uh, this extra something that, yeah, just based off how saving compounding interest works. Compounding interest is a miracle, people. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> oh, for sure. It also goes to show you that like more income doesn't necessarily mean more wealth. There's pla- There's numerous millionaires and billionaires that burn out and go bankrupt in their lifetime. But there is a guy that I read about recently. His name was Ronald James Reed. He was a janitor and he died with a net worth of over $8 million as a janitor. So just, it just goes to show you that anybody can do it. It's all just about your financial literacy at the end of the day. Definitely. Um, so
1: just another pitfall that uh, my, two of my old friends involves two of my old friends. Um, at my old job, uh, one of them uh, needed cash fast because he needed to pay his car insurance. So he lent, or so he got money lent to him from my other friend at fifty six percent interest. Like clearly yeah. not, um, you know, smart advice. But he felt that he needed that much money because he felt he needed to drive. Then clearly wasn't really thinking right because my fr- my other friend who lent him that money said that's the easiest money I've ever made in my life. How would you give advice or what advice would you give to people who um, say students who wouldn't be able to get like loans too easily with like, you know, uh, and who would have higher interest rates? Like what advice would you give them, you know, a facing debt and B if they do feel the need to borrow?
2: Um, I mean, that's a tricky question. And of course it is it's for a very tricky situation. I mean, the, the reality that a lot of people face is that sometimes one of the things we always say is that credit's available whenever you don't need it. And <laughs> it's never available when you do. <laughs> um, and I think that that puts people in a lot of very difficult situations. And that's why you see, you know, you know, a lot of these, uh, I like to call them predatory organizations, you know, things like, you know, those cash money places, yeah. but like loans that have like absurd interest rates of like, you know, hundreds of percent or like you know ridiculous values um I think when you know whenever you find yourself in positions where where you where you have financial diversity I guess you could call it um, reevaluating you know a lot of where your money's going um making sure if you can find places where you can cut down um the idea that you know a lot of starting early with these financial, literacy topics mean like will play a role in making sure you avoid situations like that but i mean going forward it's always hard to to get yourself out of situations like that Uh, i guess reevaluating where your expenditures are what your where your money's going prioritizing what you can cut out temporarily Um, but in terms of like short-term lending or something like that i mean i always try to make sure my clients are always avoiding situations where they'd ever be in positions like that. But, um, you know, making sure that if they are, um, that they're reviewing everything like appropriately, you know, making sure you're going through what interest rates are going to be Uh, making sure you're like exhausting all of your options, going through, talk to, you know, primary lenders first. So people like the big five, um, seeing if they have any options that they can go through with you, and just making sure you're cognizant of those, those interest rates. Cause <laughs> you talked about, you know, how great compound interest is compound interest can also be very bad. Cause you know, if you have these loan amounts that you take on, especially with, you know, those absurdly high interest rates that you can get on some of these, you know, like third level lenders, uh, you know, are very, very dangerous. So uh, making sure you're being cautious when you're looking through those options um, and, you know, making sure you're seeking professional advice and, looking at your situation specifically, uh, probably the best advice I can give, but uh,
1: yeah. That is great advice. Uh, Also just remember kids, anything above 60% is criminal.
0: Good to know. Awesome. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us again at the FLC Lions Den podcast. We hope to be in contact with you for future episodes because credit cards and, taxes and interest rates and all of this interesting stuff we're going to be touching in the future. And speaking of which, people, we have the Discord. Let us know what you'd like to see. Let us know what you want to learn more about. Let us know what you want to hear. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if you
1: have any questions
0: for us or for
1: Brian on Discord. Um, Anything you think we can improve on or stuff you guys want to know more about? Because this podcast is for you guys. It's to let you guys know to help you guys out with this stuff, ask questions that you might be too embarrassed to ask. That's what we're here for.
2: Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on here. Appreciate it so much. So glad I was able to, you know, give what value I could here. And by all means, if anyone ever wants to reach out to us, we're always happy to talk about, you know, financial literacy. Um, If you have any questions about career development, student wellness, anything like that, we're always looking to give an extra value with you and hope to talk again with you guys soon.
0: For sure. That being said, Brian is in Hub Mall at the RBC branch.
2: Yeah, definitely. We're right in the center of Hub Mall, right across from, if you know where the the mailboxes are for the international students or Hub residents, you know, we're right across from there. Uh, pretty big. It's hard to miss. this a big blue little arch there. Uh, yeah. And we're open Monday to Friday, 9.30 to 5. So feel free to drop on in.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. And take Thank care, you. everybody. See you in the next episode.
2: Take care. See you.